Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. sell-off in tech shares spoiling in other ways. Buoyant day in the U.S. stock market as companies from Apple to NVIDIA tumble. NVIDIA shares lower now by 7.8%. Apple is down 3.3%. The British pound dropping as the U.K.'s ruling Conservative Party lost its parliamentary majority, plunging the country into uncertainty only days before Brexit negotiations were due to start. S&P down a point now at 2432, a drop of one-tenth of one percent. The Dow down, a Dow up 73 at 21,256, up four-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ now down 95 points, a drop of one and a half percent. The tenure down five thirty seconds at yield, 2.21 percent. Gold down 860, the ounce to 12.70, down seven-tenths of one percent. And West Texas Intermediate crude up six-tenths of one percent to $45.93 a barrel. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Charlie Pellet, thank you so much. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. Corey Johnson, Carol Masser, we are Bloomberg Radio. A foggy day in London town. Oh, man. It's always a good time for Billie Holiday, but what a perfect tune for this election result after the snap election. The U.K. leading, leading a confusing situation um, in the parliament. Ed Lolo joins us right now, uh, Bloomberg News UK correspondent. And, uh, Ed, this, this is really interesting. Uh, Theresa May working uh, very quickly to try to put together a coalition here. Um, maybe she saw the writing on the wall? Yeah, I, I mean, it's something that a lot of strategists and investors have been saying to me all day long. And this morning, I said to them, what are we looking out for? And they were like, the speed at which she can move. Um, because it looked bleak this morning. It looked very difficult. But she went... Uh, very quickly to make an alliance with the DUP. Think back to 2010, David Cameron, he's in a similar situation. He formed a formal coalition, effectively, with the Liberal Democrats, where he, he entered into a formal pact. This time it's different. The Prime Minister set out to get a bigger majority. The opposite has happened. She's lost seats. So what she's done is she's re- reached out to the Democratic Unionist Party in Northern Ireland. They have 10 seats. That just takes her over the line, just tips her two seats into a majority, but it's not a coalition. It's an understanding, an agreement, as we understand it, that through the course of this parliament, she'll call on them in line with their Conservative Party to vote with the Conservative Party to get legislation through parliament. Um, And and it's an incredibly dynamic situation because uh, it, it requires her to consolidate and be conciliatory across the different arms of her own party, which is split of course, by what's happened. How did she read the tea leaves so badly, Ed, in terms of calling for this early election? Well, I think you've got to look at why she called it. And at that time, the Conservative Party had a 20-point lead over Labour in the polls, and it looked that, like it was good for them. But the reason she called the election was to, as she put it, strengthen her hand in Brexit negotiations. She felt Mm -hmm. that she needed, first of all, a stronger mandate, that a bigger majority in Parliament gave her, Theresa May, a remit to go to Brussels and negotiate on terms that she wanted, that she felt were best, which we know, of course, is a hard Brexit. That's the first thing. The second thing is that she... She felt that she needed a bigger majority in Parliament to pass legislation. 
that the more MPs she had on her side, that when it came down to it and she needed to pass legislation relating to Brexit and she needed to uh, pu- basically put that final deal to Parliament, you know, this is what's on offer, that she could only ensure that if she had more numbers on her side. But, of course, what's turned out is is quite the opposite. Well, she called the election. I'm looking at some of the Bloomberg News. Great reporting that you guys have all done uh, on this election. But she did it, you know, from from what you guys said, is you know, that she wanted a mandate. <laughs> and the mandate she got now is lost conservative seats, lost votes, lost support. I mean, I heard Joe Weisenthal saying it at the top of the show that there are so many different levels here in this story why it's so fascinating that is true when we think about brexit when we look at the response and the result of this election there are those that argue that this shows the electorate rejecting that hard brexit mandate that the vote indicates that people don't want a hard brexit and and that actually what they want is a relationship with the european union that is more integrated um but the other thing as well is that there's been this underestimation of jeremy corbyn um, and what Jeremy Corbyn and the Labour movement, the Labour Party, did was effectively, it seems, reignite uh, parts of the electorate that did not vote in, in 2015. Uh, one number I've just got to uh, give to you is this millennial vote, this, this vote of 18 to 24-year-olds. Turnout for, for that demographic was 43% wow. in 2015, 72% estimated turnout for this. Wow. And so it seems... So maybe that that's the difference there? It seems that what Jeremy Corbyn did and what the Conservative Party didn't see, what us, the media, didn't see, is that he got a section of society voting that, you know, this is something we've discussed on Bloomberg, that the millennial demographic is one that wants to engage with the European Union because they want to study in European capitals, because they want to travel, because they uh, have been educated, you know, as part of Europe. That is part of who they are. Um, See, campaigning with emojis works. (laughs) <laughs> but, it, but it is fascinating, the numbers behind is, that. Is her job safe at this point? It, it seems so for the time being. She's, she's got through the first 12 hours. There were early calls from within the Conservative Party and, of course, you know, opposition parties calling on her to resign. That, mm. frankly, she set out for a bigger mandate and what she got was the opposite. She lost seats and, therefore, she failed in what she was trying to achieve. What does, uh, it, what does it mean for Brexit, Egg? Uh, does it still go forward? Well, the, 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 the freshest sign about what this means for Brexit is that she has quickly moved to reinstate her five core cabinet ministers. So, importantly, David Davis will carry on as the Brexit secretary. He's the man who is tasked with negotiating for Britain in the Brexit negotiations. Philip Hammond will carry on as chancellor. Amber Rudd will come, carry on as home secretary. And Boris Johnson will carry on as foreign secretary. So that's the first sign. Um, but as I say, this alliance, actually, that I've been talking about with that the Democratic Unionist Party in Northern Ireland raises a big question about Brexit because they supported a hard Brexit, OK? Mm. But what they want is a uh, soft border between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. They want complete uh, things to remain as they are, where people can move freely between the two. That is a complication. The second thing, as I said earlier, they're going to have to... Um, balance different arms of the Conservative Party. There are those that are very hard Brexit, uh, and there are those that were pro-Remain. She's going to have to to balance that. Ed Ludlow, great reporting, uh, great insight. We appreciate that. Uh, Ed Ludlow from Bloomberg News, uh, UK uh, correspondent. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio.
Uh, we've got uh, stocks selling off. We've got some big moves in NVIDIA. We'll get into all that in a little bit. This is Bloomberg. <laughs>